If you are here uh, for the first time, first of all, you are very, very welcome to be among us. Uh, if you are not particularly new, you've come a few times, but you're not, you're not really clear on this whole Christian thing, okay? The Alpha course is for you. Something like 1.5 million people in this country have been through the Alpha course. It is a phenomena in this country and actually around the world. Uh, I don't know what the statistics are worldwide, but it is about 1.4 million in this country. So uh, really it's a short um, uh, series of uh, 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 evenings, seven or eight evenings throughout the Tuesday evenings of February and March, where we will be exploring together and uncovering some of the big questions about life, the universe and everything uh, from uh, the perspective of the Bible and, uh, and what God has to say about our lives and the Christian faith. So come and find us at the end, the, the banner at the back there that says explore uh, with the orange question mark which you'll see on the slides today as well is all about the Alpha Course. We would love to see you on those Tuesday evenings. It's very important for us to understand, I feel, that Jesus never divided up his audiences into those who believed and those who didn't believe. He didn't send the children out from his talks, although churches do that for very practical reasons. But Jesus didn't have one message for a certain type of person, a certain age, a certain demographic, and another message for a different kind of person. And my my prayer today is that many of us would find ourselves colliding with our eternal destiny in God. Uh, I want to say to you that if you are here for the first time and you do not consider yourself to be a religious person, uh, you are in the right place. Uh, We would not consider ourselves to be religious either. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, The Bible talks about relationship with God. Religion is something quite different. Jesus had a very interesting interaction with people of a religious persuasion. They weren't always his fans, and they weren't always the people who enjoyed what he had to say. So it's not about religion. It is a whole lot more to do with relationship. We can't really fully understand what life is about until we connect with eternity and with our eternal home with God. Life On this planet is a moment within a moment. We are born not to die. Death has come into the world because of the corruption of this word sin that we find in the Bible a lot. It simply means imperfection. The things that we have done that have separated us from a holy God. And that's messed up our lives. It's messed up the world. It's messed up society. We don't need to watch the news for very long to see that there is a chronic problem right at the heart of the human condition. Death and corruption came into the world when people rejected God. So when we start to grapple with this idea that we have an eternal home with God, that we are en route through this life to a finer and a greater place, it starts to inform what life on this earth is all about. Jesus had an amazing relationship with time. He he spoke into the moment with often a very real sense of urgency, but he never seemed to be in a rush to do it. He seemed to have this way of living in eternity and in the moment at the same time. This is what Jesus said in John's Gospel in chapter 6 and verse 38. He says this, this is Jesus speaking, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him 
who sent me. And so he lived in the moment, but he understood that eternity is what really mattered. And every time he encountered a person or a problem, he brought the timeless power of heaven into the here and now. And that's what being a Christian is all about. It's about understanding that there is a greater reality than the one that we see. And somehow, because of our connection with God, and because we are followers of Jesus, we can see that power released into ordinary situations that we come up against. Some say, carpe diem, seize the day. Live the dream, pursue the adventure. Make the most of every day, every moment, every breath, because we do not know how many more we're going to get. But for others, it seems that life is a mammoth struggle. And from every day, as, uh, from every day it seems that the temptation is to wish life away. And I guess that is a real, a, a real situation for so many people, and some people may feel that here today. This is a very well-known expression that lots of us have heard before. Lord, grant me the courage to change the things I can and the serenity to accept the things I can't. Or maybe this is a more common version of that prayer today. Lord, grant me coffee to change the things I can and red wine to (laughs) accept the things I can't. Whatever our relationship is with time and with the process of living, the minute we are born, the hourglass turns over. That's why I've got a picture of an hourglass on some of my slides. It's not an egg timer. Um, I will try to be fairly brief, but I can't guarantee I'll get it in three minutes. Uh, But we do know that when we are born, if you like, we begin the process of dying. Life is coming to an end from the moment we are born. I thought I'd share that positive thought with you this morning. Um, I bet you're glad you came. When I was 20, I became a Christian. And I remember, and I often think about this moment, I, I asked God that if he could use my life to reach other people for him, then I would do whatever he asked me to do. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's very current for me, that prayer. And And uh, I said that I would be what he wanted me to be, I would do what he wanted me to do, and I would go where he wanted me to go. And it it has led me on an adventure that I I could never have believed possible. Uh, And some of the experiences that I've had and the people I've seen in vast numbers become followers of Jesus. It is truly humbling, and I know that many of you have got similar stories. Very early in my, my my Christian life, I was 21, and, uh, and I, I genuinely thought that I was God's man of power for the hour. You know, as the expression goes, I thought, you know, I am the answer to the world's problems. Um, I, I heard someone say this. Uh, it was a, a Christian speaker, and I heard, I heard him say this. And he said, God can use young people very powerfully, but on average it takes him 20 years to knock the hell out of us. And it was all very devastating for me as a, as a 21-year-old pumped trainee evangelist. The Bible clearly says to us that, that God created time, that time was his idea 
right there at the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in the first page of this huge book that we call the Bible, we see God creating our concept of day and night, and with it our understanding of time. But although he created it, he is outside of its restraints. That's why we can talk about this idea of eternity, because God stepped into time when he created time. So often on Alpha courses and often in the conversations that some of us are in over lattes, we ask questions like, who made God? If I had a quid for every time people have said to me, who made God? You know, I would have a serious pension fund by now. It's a big question. It's a honest question. It's a human question to ask. But unfortunately, The answer tends to scramble our human brains because the answer is God has no beginning and no end because time is a creation of God and he is not subject to it. He is not governed or restricted by it. And yet when Jesus was born, God stepped into time. The God who created time and is outside of time, engaged with time through Jesus. It was very important that Jesus, the Son of God, came as a man, as a human being, because he entered our time-space world and he lived with the constraints that we lived with, but he pointed to eternity as he lived out his life. There are almost a thousand references in the Bible to Time, the concept of time. Here are just two. Now is the time of God's favor. And this is the day of salvation. And then this one. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So, although God is outside of time and unrestricted by time, we are not. So there is an urgency, there is something which is very critical for us in terms of responding in the moment, responding now to the voice of God, because we don't know how many more opportunities we're going to get. Time is limited. On Friday, I was in France, I I go to the Normandy Uh, D-Day landing beaches a lot. I'm very into the history of it, but I take groups of guys there. I also make short films, often with the story of D-Day as the backdrop. And uh, if you've been following some of my stories that have come out on video, I've recorded another one, made another one called Dividing Walls, and that's coming out soon. And as I was sitting in this bunker, this gun battery on the D-Day landing beaches, I was suddenly aware of the passage of time. 73 years since the D-Day landings, and yet you can sit in these places and you can see the bullet marks. And it almost feels like it happened yesterday, but when you look at the veterans, those that, the few that are still alive now, they are very, very old men, and yet it seems like it was so recent that those events took place. And I guess for the people who lived through it, it is very recent. It can feel like that, I'm sure. Uh, I was out in the car yesterday with Sophie, our daughter, who's just starting to learn to drive. And I had a flashback. Um, I didn't say it to her, but I had a flashback. And some of you will experience this as well. And I, I suddenly remembered my first driving lesson. And I don't really think about when I learned to drive, but suddenly the moment brought it all back to my memory. And it was... 37 years ago, 
37 years and I remember the lady's name, I remember the car, I remember the disaster of my first lesson. I only, I only had seven lessons or six lessons I passed first time. Ah, you see, not such an idiot after all. But it is amazing when we suddenly connect with the passage of time and the process of it and how fast time moves. And, you know, for those of us who are a bit older, it, it tends to accelerate, doesn't it? It doesn't just get fast. It gets faster all the time. And so the days are short, my friends. We have a, a, a unique opportunity in moments like this to connect with God, even if we don't have all the answers to all the questions. We have an opportunity because now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And if we hear his voice, let's not harden our hearts. This is another image of time. This is, a, 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 this is the iconic weather vane that uh, is planted at the top of Lord's Cricket Ground. But the less said about English cricket, the better uh, right now. I'm a big fan. Uh, This is the ancient pagan character called Father Time, depicted as a grumpy old man uh, with a scythe and an hourglass. They're supposed to represent the constant uh, one-way movement of time. It's fairly depressing, um, and it's quite harsh, actually. And this is quite a a cruel image in, in many ways. And for some people, not totally disconnected to their view of God. Uh, I have been involved with lots of Alpha courses, other types of event as well, of course, but particularly Alpha courses. And the story of the uh, uh, the story of Jesus and the life of Jesus portrays God in a certain way, and yet people often say, "Well, that's not my experience of God. That's not my understanding. That's not the impression that I get." Of God, What about human suffering? What about the things that we go through? What does God really know? What does he really understand about the struggles that many people, many of us, go through and have gone through? Where is God in my family crisis? And I think these huge questions, they, they tend to dig very deep into our, our journey of discovering and encountering and knowing God. As father. The New Testament of the Bible is written in Greek, ancient Greek, and uh, of course it's been translated into English for those of us who are English and have English as a first language so we can understand what it says. Not many people I don't think here are fluent in ancient Greek. Some might be. Uh, of course if you're German you read a German Bible and the, the Bible has been translated into more languages by far than any other book. But there is obviously a problem with language. So in Greek, there are many words for love, as many of us understand. So, you know, I love Southampton Football Club, which I do, and I really hope they don't get slaughtered by Tottenham this afternoon, but I think they might. I'm very passionate about football, and I love Southampton Football Club. I quite like curry, but not quite the same way as I have affection for Southampton Football Club. I love my wife and my family, which is different again. My kids and my wife, different. But there is also a word for the love that we have for God and the, the love that God has for us. And similarly to this word love, we also have a bit of a problem with the word time in terms of the way that it is first written in the Bible in the language of Greek. We've got these two words 
The first word... I've lost it, Will. Some of you say you lost it a long time ago. The first word is chronos, the first Greek word for time. This is the idea of time as a process, sequential time, the unfolding of time, if you like, a lifetime of time. But then we have this second word, and the second word is kairos. And kairos describes a moment, a a moment that changes anything, in which anything or everything can happen. It's, if you like, it's this idea that Kronos is sequential time, but Kairos moments cut in on sequential time. It's a very different word. It's a very different understanding of time. But we just have this bland old English word, time. But to understand what the Bible is talking about and what Jesus was talking about, we need to understand that one of these two words is used, which is translated as the same English word, time, kairos. Uh, Not to be confused with the Greek word kairos, which is the fictitious island in Guns of Navarone, uh, if you're into Second World War movies, as I am. So kairos and kronos are very different words. Being a Christian is a lifelong Kronos journey of discovery, but it begins with a Kairos moment. There is a moment where we choose. There is a moment where, if you like, we, are, we come to that point of a stark realization that God exists, that actually we have a choice to make. There is a decision that is required of us. We can't just say, well, I'll think about it. N- not forever. Because if we do that, we actually fail to realize that there is a climactic change that is required. And so when we understand that we are in a lifelong process, but there are moments of divine intervention, we have an opportunity to make that personal for ourselves. Sudden moments happen all the time, as we all know. And uh, here are some brilliant examples where people have caught a moment on camera. They're pretty funny. And uh, if you like, a Kairos moment has literally been snapped by somebody with a camera. Okay, here's the first one. Okay, take a look at that picture. Smashed in the face with a bat. What I think is so funny about this picture is the faces of the other people you know, who have just about avoided it. This little girl at the front on the, on the bottom is so funny. But that guy, that's got to hurt, isn't it, in the morning. That guy's going to have a sore jaw. That's the first one. Having a bit of trouble with this. <laughs> Hope that's not North Korea. Uh. A cat in a bag. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Who got that cat to sit behind that bag of meow mix and match his head identically with the image on the bag? (laughs) Brilliant. Half human, half dog. It would be really great if we could freeze time, wouldn't it? 
if we could catch a moment and, and bottle it forever. Uh, but life isn't that simple. We don't get that opportunity. Our, our culture is obsessed with the, the concept of eternal youth, of almost stopping the aging process. Uh, I read once that £200 billion a year are spent in the anti-aging industry, where people are trying to stop time taking its toll on their bodies. It doesn't, how, doesn't seem to matter how much cash you have, how much your value is. It's very clear that your net worth and your self-worth are not the same thing. And people are not able, I'll sort of spare the disastrous kind of plastic surgery photos which are, are out there, they're rather cruel, but it is very clear that it can all go very badly wrong when people try to stop the process of time. Here's a picture of a guy who has literally spent thousands, probably millions, in proving his facial appearance. And look at the results. They're truly amazing. This is the before picture. And this is the after picture. Absolutely. (laughs) Truly, truly amazing improvement. So... I mean, maybe it does work. Maybe, maybe if you do have enough money, you can really improve your appearance that much. Absolutely remarkable improvement, I'm sure you'll agree. You too could look like this, guys, if you're not careful. Oh, dear. Sorry, Will, I've pressed the wrong button. I'm having a little problems with the presentation today. It's all my fault. Just push it on for me, Will, could you, to the next one. The word kairos, this word for time in uh, the ancient Greek language that, that refers to a, a sudden moment, an intervention. It appears many, many times in the accounts of the life of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, the people that Jesus conversed with and interacted with. In fact, twice as many times as the word chronos appears. Quite interesting. Kairos moments occurred when Jesus engaged with a situation, with a person, uh, when a miracle took place or or when a life was changed um, forever. Jesus meets people all the time. He still breaks in. He still challenges us. He still stops us in our tracks. We still have moments where we feel an incredible awareness of something that we can't fully understand understand or explain or control whether we are Christian or not. Most people would say there are those moments. Uh, Sometimes when I'm sharing this gospel with people, they say it's very interesting you should say that because I had this dream or I was driving in this car or I saw this sunset and suddenly I was overtaken and overwhelmed by something which seemed to come from outside of things which were just explainable in normal, logical terms. I would say to you that God is speaking all the time. Uh, God doesn't just reveal himself to people who believe in him, uh, because he believes in us. He believes in everybody, and he loves everybody, and he is longing to break through. He's longing to create a Kairos moment for you all the time. (laughs) He's longing for it. He doesn't just sit on his kind of ivory tower just giving orders and writing 
laws that somehow we could never live up to or never match up to. He is longing to communicate with us. There is something about his nature which is always operating in a way that is engaging with ordinary people. Maybe one of those moments is happening for you today. Maybe you just got invited and you came in, or maybe you've been here a few times, but you've never really got to grips with what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. But today you're just sensing, actually I feel a sense of a presence of something that I can't fully understand. I would say that is the voice of God speaking to you. It's the presence of God that starts to move when his people get together to declare his name and celebrate who he is uh, to each one of us. Please don't think that when we promote something like Alpha that we're, we're trying to get you to believe in our religion. You know, we're not trying to get you to sign up to our brainwashing course you know, where you will get you know, properly you know, and utterly and fully indoctrinated and you will be less than what you were before. Um, choosing to become a follower of Jesus is forgiveness for yesterday, it's strength for today, and it's a hope for tomorrow. That's what it means to be a Christian. It, it isn't always easy to be a Christian. It's not the easiest thing you can do. It, sometimes it can feel like the hardest thing to do, but it is the only thing to do. It is the only way to fully understand who we are is to get connected, or probably it's truer to say reconnected to the creator who loves us, who is a father at his very nature. He is love, and he has provided this amazing way of us to get reconnected, to find our way back to him. That's what the Jesus story is all about. That's what, why it was so important that God stepped from outside of time, inside of time, to give us the chance, to give us the opportunity, to give us the pathway back to him, to create a way where there was no way. That's why Jesus is so important. Through his life, he demonstrated what it is like to live in Kronos time, but understanding that there are Kairos moments for each one of us. Jesus was all about that. He met people. He created a, a very dramatic situations where people were healed and people were forgiven and set free and reconciled and changed their course of life and the direction of travel. Jesus was all about that, and that's why he came in that way in order that we could understand that there was a bigger plan, a better plan, that God was in control, even though it can feel like in, at, at times nobody's in control. God is in control. And so it is forgiveness for yesterday, power and strength for today, and hope for tomorrow. And even ahead of an Alpha course starting, and it starts in a couple of Tuesdays' time, uh, you can know what it is right now to be reconnected to God. To see that power begin to flow in your life and to understand who you are, that you do have an eternal future that is not defined by how many years we have on this earth. C.S. Lewis said this, We cannot truly live until we have understood that we are travelers in this life en route to a better place, a final home. That is the only way that we can make sense of the moment is to understand that eternity is real. 
And we have a home. We have a place where there is no fear, no pain, no brokenness, no sickness. But that's for then. But now we live in the moment. But being a Christian is not living up to a set of rules. It's not desperately trying to be a better person than we were yesterday. It's somehow allowing the power of heaven to invade the part of the earth that we inhabit and the choices that we make and the things that we get up to every day of our lives. And if you want to be one of those people that is on that kind of a journey, then you have an opportunity right now to step in. It's not something that we do physically, it's something that we do internally. It's actually very simple, it's straightforward, it's not difficult or complicated. Sometimes it can feel like that, but it actually isn't. It's very, very easy to take a decision to become a follower of Jesus. And change will come as a result of that. And as I said, I would be lying to you if I said it was easy. It isn't easy. But it is the adventure of a lifetime. To live in connection with the God who designed us, who made us, who shaped us as we were in our mother's womb. That's what the Bible says. So if you want to take a step, this is how it works. We have to open the door of our heart. We have to be willing to say, God, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I don't just want to live with my ideas and my plans and my presuppositions. I want you to write a different story in me. I want you to connect me back to the source. I want the design that you had for me to be the design and the pattern that I live with. And that is only possible, only possible because of Jesus. No other way. There is only one way to God and it is through Jesus. Let's pray. I'm going to pray a very simple and very straightforward prayer, not a complicated prayer and not a long prayer. But it's a prayer that I invite you to make your own prayer. And you can do that by repeating it privately inside as I leave a gap between each sentence so you can really take hold of what I'm saying. And I promise you that if you pray this prayer, it's not a magic formula, but what it is is that it gives God access to our lives because we relinquish control and we say Lord no longer me but you that's what the prayer is all about and I promise to you if you do that God will run towards you he will take a giant step towards you and your life will be transformed from this moment because you have given God access into your life here's the prayer Great God, thank you that you love me. And you have a plan for my life. That you chose me before you made the earth. To live in friendship and relationship with you. I recognize that I have not lived up to your standard. But thank you that Jesus did live up to your standard. And when he died on the cross and then rose 
back to life. He did it in my place. So I could be forgiven and set free. And I ask you today that that same power would come into my life to give me a fresh opportunity to live your way from this Kairos moment and through the rest of my life into eternity I choose for you today okay let's just keep our eyes closed for a moment I know that there are a number of people here that have prayed that for the first time there's others that have prayed it but they've prayed it before but they've walked away And today you're coming home. Today you have been confronted by the reality of God's great love for you. And if you're in either one of those two categories, I want you to do something very simple for me. I just want you to stick your hand up in the air just where you are. Just while everyone's eyes are closed, just stick your hand in the air because I want to pray for you. Okay, so is there other people here as well? Okay, do put your hands down. Father, I want to thank you that you, you are alive and well today. 2,000 years on, Jesus, still you love, still you speak, still you care, still you break in. And I want to thank you, Father, for men and women in this building today that have taken a simple step towards you. I want to thank you, Lord, for Kairos moments like now, which invade our life And reorientate us for the future. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would seal by the power of the Holy Spirit what you have spoken into their hearts today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I'd love you to do for me. I'm going to come over. Some of you who responded know me. I know know you. That's great. Um, So uh, I would love to talk to you. Uh, some of you I've talked to a lot already. Um, But I'm going to be over there by the, the Explore question mark alpha course sign and I would love to talk to you and maybe Jonathan will be there Jonathan Lloyd and and uh, Kevin and Ruth and other people from the alpha course and others who I've not mentioned Uh, just wander over there I'll be there and we would love to uh, talk with you and just point you in the direction of taking these next few steps God bless you